0: Welcome to the newest episode of Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. I'm your host, Jason Fraley, picking the brains of the top filmmakers, musicians, and artists of our time. R&B artist Kevin Ross comes home to Bethesda Theater in Bethesda, Maryland, tomorrow night. He joined me to discuss growing up in DC before meeting Jamie Foxx and charting numerous hits on the R&B charts. Hey, Kevin Ross, hey, thanks so much for joining us on WTOP in your hometown of Washington, DC. Thank you for having me, man. We're talking because you're coming to the Bethesda Theater. It used to be Bethesda Blues and Jazz. I think they recently renamed it to just Bethesda Theater. Uh, this Friday, November 3rd, right there on uh, Wisconsin Avenue in Bethesda. Hey, thanks so much for joining us. Oh,
1: man, it's my pleasure. I'm super excited about being back home on Friday.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, we said you were born in D.C. Uh, where where exactly about? So what part of the city?
1: Uh, southeast. I'm born in Greater Southeast Hospital. Uh, I don't, I don't even think that hospital exists anymore. But yeah, <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's where I was born.
0: That's all right. That's all right. And then, uh, I, I always love to drop. If you want to drop, like you know, what schools you went to or whatever stuff like that, like because uh, other people listening to the station, you know, know it well around here.
1: <laughs> uh, well, as far as high school, I went to Ellington School of the Arts in Northwest. So you know, it's kind of you know one of those things where, uh, for for those who've seen me around. As far as riding the metro, whether it was the bus or the train, you know, I was just this very unassuming kid. So it was never, you know, a thing where people will look at me and be like, oh my gosh, she's a star, you know, but it was just, it was, it was a blessing in disguise of, you know, being from the inner city and being able to move around and, and, and really taking as much information as I possibly could about, you know, the city that I'm, you know, that I'm from, the, the entrepreneurial spirit, you know, the swag, the, you know, just, Just the whole entire vibe that that comes with, you know, being from Washington, D.C. and without, uh, you know, having any parts of it and just kind of being a witness to it.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And how much did uh, Duke Ellington School of the Arts influence you? And how much was or how much do you think it was, uh, you know, the musicians in your family? I'm sure it was a combination of both.
1: It was like Ellington was like a training ground, to be honest, um, You know, honestly, I feel like we worked harder than I feel like every every high school student in America, because (laughs) you know it was like we had, of course, you know, academia in a sense of from, you know, from eight to eight to four or something like that. I don't remember the particular times, but pretty much all day, and then we got into after school and so that's when like the real arts kicked in you know we would have arts classes in the afternoon but, like the real arts you know part of it when you're putting on a show or you're you know preparing for you know for, for something you know for, for some presentation or some competition that you had that was after school so that was from like four to nine or four to ten so right. you know just imagine
0: around the clock
1: yeah around the clock so, by the time that I got to college, you know, and all of the other freshmen was like, oh my gosh, oh my, oh my schedule was so intense and this, this, and that. And I was like, what? This is nothing. I was like, <laughs> once I'm done with class, I'm like, I get to do my, you know, I get to do homework and then I get to chill. Like, there is no extracurricular unless I put it on. And, you know, for high school to have that level of intensity, you know, what was there, you know, it was like the comparison of if I was playing a sport to being on varsity. You know, what I mean, for four years straight, right. you know, so the intensity and the competitiveness really gave me an edge up that I, I wouldn't realize until much later on in a sense to say, OK, like nobody's going to nobody's willing to do the work that I'm willing to do. And, you know, that's that's what's going to separate me from the rest.
0: I love hearing you say that. It's so, it's so true. Anyone listening to this really the secret to life is just outworking the competition. I know there's certain, there's a certain level of, I'm sure Kevin Ross, you were born with a certain level of talent, et cetera, sure. but, but you put in this 10,000 hours, you know, at a young age, starting at Duke Ellington. Um, and then, and then we'll tell everyone you went to Berkeley college of music in Boston and, and the workload seemed almost lighter there. Like you said, that's great. Um, Hey, remind me. Didn't I read somewhere that while you were at in college, you you you, it was around that same time you were on BET's One Hundred Six and Park, some sort of competition.
1: Yeah, that's correct. Um, BET One Hundred Six and Park had a, a segment called Wild Out Wednesday, and um, I, I want to say for the first two years of college, because I went to college when I was seventeen. I had just turned, I had just turned seventeen, and so. Um, I think that the, the age was 18, so it was kind of like a weird space of, I kind of caught Wild Out Wednesday, either right at the end of my sophomore year or right at the junior year. Um, but I, yeah, I, I remember actually going to New York uh, and auditioning and I felt out of place cause I was like, you know, here I am, you know, coming from this prestigious, you know, jazz school you know, to audition for this very, like, hip-hop, R&B-based uh, competition. And even though, you know, that was still kind of my, my 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 field and my love and my passion, you know, I was a complete student and immersed in the craft of being better. And so, you know, I was like, uh I don't know if this BET 106 apart, you know, at the time, I'm, I'm, you know, 18, 19 years old, I'm like, ah, uh, at that time, I'm like, oh, this feels very lowbrow to me, and, you know, I don't know if I should do it, but it was one of the best things that I could have did in the sense of, you know, getting that visibility and then also kind of proving to myself that there was a lane for me and that people could appreciate it, Um, and if I would have kind of stayed in the bubble of just being a student and being at Berkeley and just, you know, all, all of that, I wouldn't have been exposed to, you know, future mentors that, that I would have in my life, so... I owe a lot to uh, BET One Hundred and Six and Park in that segment. Uh, you know, just what would what would what would be the changing factors in my trajectory?
0: That that's awesome to hear. Yeah, and and your trajectory continued. I'm I'm gonna keep moving chronologically if that's okay, and we'll get to your <laughs> your yeah. new stuff in the Bethesda. We'll we'll end with the Bethesda Theater. Uh, we'll see. I, that's just how this is working out. But um yeah, yeah chronologically yeah. so you from there you moved to Atlanta right and you start writing some songs is is that where Trey songs and Jamie Fox? Is that where you start writing for them down there?
1: Yes not not as fast as you said it but yes. <laughs> um
0: just like that it, overnight.
1: So um I met Jamie first. I met Jamie like a year into being in in Atlanta. And so I wrote some songs, and I just I thought that you know that he didn't like them or that he would never hear them because you know they were going through you know a third party. And so I, I get a call one day randomly like, hey, you know Jamie wants you to come to LA because he loves the songs that you did, and he wants to cut them tonight. And I was like, okay, you know, granted, you know I'm twenty twenty one years old, so I'm like I ain't got nothing else to do. So all right, let me just you know how put my you know. <laughs> put put my clothes in in a, in a little bag, and and I'm off to LA. And so um, you know when I when I get to Jamie's house, I mean of course which is, which is beautiful. You know we head straight to the back of the house and into uh, a pool house area, which is you know big bigger than most uh, normal suburban houses. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> you know I I get in there and the first thing that I see is like this like this whole like buffet style of, of cheesecake factory. So I'm like, oh, okay, like, you know, it must've been a party or, you know, he's about to throw a party cause it's a lot of food. Right. And so, you know, I keep walking in. And so I meet, I meet with the producer who actually produced the song. So, you know, we're, we're just kind of going over parts, just making sure that the session is all cleaned up for Jamie We're playing it. And then all of a sudden, Jamie comes in and he's dancing. He's singing a song. And so I'm like, oh, my God. Like, this is, you know, of course, I'm trying to keep cool because I'm in his house. And I ain't trying to, like, be too much of a fan. But I'm like, yo, this is Jamie Foxx. Right. You know what I mean? Like.
0: The most versatile singer, singer, actor, everything, you know, that's a comedian that's around.
1: Absolutely. Definitely one of the best renaissance men to ever do it. Yep. And so, you know, with, with that being said, it's like, oh, man, so. One thing that I noticed about Jamie is that when he's taking in information, like, you you can tell because, like, everything, he looks, it, pretty much that he looks dead. He looks, like, stoic. Mm. Um, and so, you know, at first, as, you know, as the session was going along, he would, you know, he would talk. And then something would, like, interest him on television, he would look. And, you know, we would still be talking and laughing. And he, it was like nothing, like nothing else existed, but this information that he was taking in. you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And sometimes he would like regurgitate, you know, like, you know, an impersonation of what he just, you know, what he just heard. And I was just like, yo, like, this is different. Like, i never have been around someone with that insane level of devotion to like taking in information, you yeah. know? And genius. so, um, genius. I mean, yeah, ab- absolute genius in every sense of the word and uh of course going back to the cheesecake part of it so he's like you guys hungry so i'm like yeah you know so he was like you know well, the cheesecake stuff is for you and so i'm like well it's it's, it's just us too he's like yeah i don't know he was like I mean, you know it's, it's about variety i didn't know what you guys like so i just ordered the whole menu i said i'm sorry what so like, come again <laughs> the whole the whole menu he's like yeah you know he like you know cuz I, you know, I, I never met you. i don't know yeah and I was like, OK, well, this is this is a whole this is a whole nother level of of balling that, uh, you know, that that I that I still remember, obviously, until this day. But, you know, it was such a great experience for sure.
0: Wow. Thank you so much for that. I mean, you know, I, I didn't know we were going to get that great of a Jamie Foxx story. That's amazing <laughs> insight. Thanks so much. Um, all right. And then, all right. And then, uh, then of course, then you sign, I guess with Motown and this is when your records start coming out. All right. So we dished on Jamie long enough. Now we're going to get into Kevin Ross's, <laughs> uh, his own genius, if you will. All yeah, right. So yeah. in the, that first EP dialogue in the gray drops in 2014, I guess it's like a four track thing. One of them was, this is my wish. Um, and I get, gosh, what else was there? I guess, uh, there was uh, some N- Neo and TI were on some of that stuff. Um, you start mm-hmm. touring, you start touring with Maxwell and Neo. So <laughs> So like this is when you're really breaking through. I think AOL named you best new artist in 2014. Good old AOL. Uh, anyway, so put, <laughs> the, 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 <laughs> welcome. You've got you've got songs. Uh all right. So yeah, just memories of putting together that that first one and and uh working with you know Neo, T I, all that stuff.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, during that time of dialogue in the gray, I mean, I, I was truly living that. Uh but 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 more so uh my monologue in the gray more than anything because of the fact that I was just having so many conversations with myself uh. about is this is this something that I'm meant to do you know I I graduated you know 4 years prior and so I'm like okay well I got a couple of placements and that's barely paying the bills you know and so I'm like I you know I, I've been signed for maybe a year or two and, and when I say a year or two, you know, I, I say it, you know, in the sense of, of course, you know, within talking it's very passive, but when you think about three hundred and sixty five days of anything, um, it's a long time. Yeah. And so, uh, it it, 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 I felt. I felt every every bit of that time. And so, um, you know, when when that when that occurred, it was like, oh my gosh, like okay. You don't, you don't know if it's going to go away tomorrow. You don't know, you know, what's happening next. You're just really trying to focus on living in, living in the moment. You know, to, to go on tour with Maxwell was such a random experience, but it was the greatest thing that I could have done because yeah. it was a training ground for me. It was like, all right, well, here I go from, you know, performing maybe, you know, once every six months to performing, you know, six nights a week. And so, you know, it really showed me, how serious I had to be if if I if I wasn't serious before you know what I mean like it it really showed me like okay like hey dude you know if 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 you really want this this is this is this is what you have to do in a sense of you know there is there is no partying there is no drinking there is no you know girls after the show because we gotta hop in our church van and get to the next city you know what I mean we gotta chase after Maxwell's three tour buses you know what I mean (laughs) And, and, and sleep in one hotel room, head to foot, head to foot, one on the floor, and maybe, you know, another one in the, in the van. And so that was our life for, you know, a couple of months. But to me, what I learned from that was my love and passion for people and, and, and the message that I had to give. Everybody deserved a good show, no matter what city I was in. So I, I couldn't slap. It wasn't like, oh, you know, I'm going to Oklahoma City. You know, I can I can slack off. It was like, no, like no one's no one's ever seen me right in any of these cities. So this experience is gonna be brand new. And I'm so glad that, you know, God kind of allowed for that to click in my mind because people still, you know, when I when I revisit those cities, people still remember the first time that they met me. They're like, oh my gosh, I remember when you were on the Maxwell Tour and this, this and that. And I was like, that's the reason. That's the reason why, you know, for for no, you know, other other point than to say, hey, you're making memories with these people and for these people. And so, you know, that was really important on the Maxwell tour and the EO tour to have a Glade commercial. Um, That was kind of like a stamp, you know, in, in my book, as it pertains to my career to say you've reached you've reached a new level. Um,
0: absolutely and, I, and that's smart that you looked at it that way because you really only do get one first impression so and that and it sounds like you made a good one all over the country
1: yes 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 indeed yes indeed but yeah that was a that was a really cool time it was and and I and I learned I learned a lot I learned a lot during that time friend
0: Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S., the person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the
1: Blinded by the Item YouTube channel.
0: All right, and then, of course, from there we go to the, you know, the second EP, um, Long Song Away, in 2016, um, and also, um, uh, I guess... I guess that also it you know the song long song away it also appears on on your first um you know full length album the awakening in 2017. So the song the, this your career is like like you're saying you're leveling up now because long song away I guess is your first number one on the Billboard adult R&B songs chart. So now you know you're charting I guess don't go is also on the awakening. You know you got B J Chicago Kid Babyface working with on the awakening. Like now take me is is this like take me into the second phase? You know that the long song. <laughs> (laughs) Way ep and now the awakening first full-length lp uh take me you know how have you evolved
1: to this point so um you know keep in mind that dialogue on the grave was in 2014 so i wouldn't reappear until 2016 so that's another two years right of you know just back and forth and being in the studio and is it good enough and you know just too many too many chefs in the kitchen to be honest Mm -hmm. and so um by the time that 2016 came long song away and, and the awakening, I was just glad to have music out again. <laughs> and so, you know, it was just a moment of gratitude and just staying focused and saying, okay, well, how can I keep this going? And, you know, and, 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 you know, of course the first single that we sent to radio it going number one was super humbling. Um, And it was a grind in the sense of, going city to city and you know, doing these shows and these little uh, you know, lounge spots and singing the songs and, you know, just really trying to connect with the people. And so um the awakening literally uh was a true awakening for me as it pertains to the value of self. Um, you mm-hmm. know, which will kind of be a revolving thing throughout the rest of my life. But um, yeah, the, the value of self-worth and understanding that, hey, you know, just because an opportunity is presented doesn't mean that it's the right opportunity. And so um, I feel like I was in the right place at the right time. But then you can hit a season where um, it no longer serves you. And that um, not only that it no longer serves you, that, you know, the, the time is completely up on it. And so I seen the writing on the wall as it pertains to, you know, after a number one hit and nominations from Soul Train and MAACP and iHeart Music and all of these other, you know, nominations that I would collect during that short period of time between Long Song Away and The Awakening. Um, I decided that I wanted to ask for my release. And it wasn't because of the fact that it was like, oh, I'm hot, and you know, I want to go somewhere else. It was just more so the fact that you know, the person that brought me into, you know, the 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 building as it pertains to Motown, they left, and they left without me even knowing, you know. And so I was like, okay, that's weird, and so I was like, that's not a good sign. And I, you know, I, I'm a I'm a student at this, so I had read enough horror stories about, you know, when your champion, when your A and R leaves the building, then there's a big shift and big change that's going to happen and you're not going to be a priority anymore. So I was like, you know what, let me go ahead and get up off here. Um, (laughs) And so, um, you know, at the end of 2017, you know, after that, you know, amazing run, yet brief run, um, I decided to, you know, go my my own way and and start my own company, Art Society Music Group. And they wouldn't let me go probably until two years after that.
0: Wow, and but re- I just want to clarify. So the that one, the third EP you did, Drive, that was still with Motown, and then you pivoted and started your own uh, label for it, the for the other it, EPs for Audacity Volume One and Two, right? That's the order of it, right?
1: Exactly. Drive came right right before that decision, um, and, and, and I guess yeah, just to touch up on it, Drive felt very freeing to me because it was my first time doing stuff that I wanted to do in the sense of you know sequencing everything in the way that I wanted it to be sequenced and, you know, picking the songs without anybody, you know, interfering with it. And I felt like to that point, it was, you know, the most cohesive project that I did, you know, of course, you know, it's only three projects during that time, but, you know, I took, I took pride in that. And it, and it also, you know, of course, with every title, um, it kind of reflects on where I am in my life. So, it wasn't just like, hey, you know, this this record is good for when you're out for a drive, but it was like, you know, I'm 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 driven, I'm hungry. Mm. And then I had so much music. I had so much music in me that was finally starting to come out that I was in the process, I was like in the middle of audacity by the time that I finished drive. So right. I was I was already in the makings of the of the next project. You know, and I was like, okay, I'm 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 ready for this. Like, you know, we, we are off to the races, let's go. We're gonna have a new project out next year, yada yada yada. And God was just kinda like, you know, no, no, that, that's that's not what's gonna happen. You you need to leave, you need to, you know, go away. And so yeah, we we ended with drive and, and that was that.
0: Yeah, and well, it turns like it sounds like uh, God was right because God is quote a genius in your song. <laughs> uh- <laughs>
1: Absolutely, no
0: question. So yeah, that, that song, uh, and then thing called love, like th- they were both on, you know, on the, on your two audacity EPs. Um, and then to, I guess, um, take me is that, that brings us all the way up to your second full length album drive Two. the you still hungry. And, and thanks for explaining that. that. That is a double meaning, not only good to drive in the song, you know, but it's that I the tiger drive too. So 2021 drive two comes out. Looking for love is on there. I think that cracks the top 10 of the adult R and B charts. Um, so yes. you're, you're back charting again. Uh, was that was that like a pandemic record or how did that how did that whole drive 2 come about
1: yeah drive two was definitely a pandemic record um it, it was it was one of those things that like I had learned so much from audacity that was my first release as an independent artist so sonically I was like everywhere and on purpose you know I, I wanted to create literally as as wide of a spectrum as I possibly could because no one heard anything for the past two years so I didn't know what they liked what they wanted from this current kevin ross right so i was like okay do you want more pop stuff do you want more slow stuff do you want something more soulful you want it to be more you know down the middle and so you know after i kind of collected all of that information i was like all right well it makes it easy to create drive too because i knew that i was like okay i could be musical but i could still you know lyrically say things that are fly um and just really make a very potent uh piece of work. And once I had looking for love and sweet release, I knew that I was making that project. I knew that drive to was the theme and that I was like off to the races. And so drive to is definitely still one of my pride and joys in a sense of, you know, how it how it's been streaming in a sense of like even for you know, for, for those who are just discovering me. And you know, they always look to drive to, to be that you know project that has consistent songs. You know, I feel like even when I listen to it today, um, you know, it's may- maybe one song out of nine that I was like, oh, I could skip over, but other than that, it's a very cohesive project with really strong songs on it. So, I'm very proud of that.
0: Absolutely, and then uh, and then what? So that was 2021. We're now in we're 2023. When we come to the Bethesda Theater, is, is Drive Two pretty much like the newest one that you're you're playing from, or is there new stuff that are you working on? Anything else coming up that we're gonna hear?
1: So there's a project that I that I had out um, or that I have out called Midnight Microdose Volume One and Volume Two that was released in May of 2023 and also, uh, what is it September of 2023 as well with Volume Two. We had a song called Look My Way which cracked the top ten on um, Billboard R&B as well. So that would be my third top ten at R&B radio in the past two years. Nice. And so yeah, Midnight Microdose is, is another pride and joy just as far as the maturity of, of of my artistry, of lyricism, of being very concise with my delivery of music. And so I'm I'm super proud of it. And and so uh, yeah, Midnight Microdose is, is is where we are right now. Um but as far as For Friday, I will say this, for those who have their tickets, because I will say that Bethesda uh, Theater is sold out. Mm. So for those who have their tickets, this will be a celebration of Drive 2 being out for two years. October 29th, yesterday, uh, marked two years of Drive 2. So I'm, I'm paying tribute and homage to the tour that never happened. And so D.C., my hometown, gets the only show that will ever happen uh, pertaining to Drive 2. Ah,
0: oh, you mean because of COVID? You didn't ever, it came out, but you never got to tour it. So now we're finally catching up and bringing the songs live to the people.
1: Exactly. And then some. And, and then some. some yeah, sure.
0: of course. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Hey, uh before we run, I mean, I, I wanted to remind people not only all of the cool songs that you've, you know, recorded yourself, but like I'm I, you know, we I mentioned earlier in the interview that you wrote songs for Trey Songs and Jamie Foxx, but I gotta tell people like you've written for Nicki Minaj and Tony Braxton and SWV and Johnny Gill and I think did you even do something with Kevin Hart one time? <laughs> Like, yeah. like the net na- like the list goes on and on on and on. Um so do do you ever work in any of any of their songs in your show or do you mostly just stick to the ones that you know you wrote for that the Kevin Ross recorded?
1: Yeah, the ones that Kevin Ross recorded for the most part. Um yeah.
0: You don't do I a Tony Braxton that... cover.
1: <laughs> no, 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 I yeah. you know, I, I I always you know, there's there's a time and a place for it, and I think that you know, maybe later on down the road, maybe ten years from now, so you know, I'll have enough catalog, you know, that I can call upon and say, "Oh, remember when I wrote this?" Right. I think that um, as of right now, you know, I, I'm still, I'm, you know, I'm I'm still collecting, still collecting those those songs. songs. And so, uh, you know, I'm just I'm grateful that I can come back home and I can sell out Bethesda Theater in, in the way that uh that we did. So I'm I'm, I'm super honored. I'm super Excited uh, to be around family, friends, uh, those who maybe are experiencing me for the first time. Um, I think the Bethesda Theater holds 500 plus seats. So, you know, it's not a it's not nothing to sneeze at. I remember, you know, being in, you know, starting with open mics over on U Street or Adams Morgan to the Songbird. You know, for those who may know what the Songbird is, um, to City Winery or what used to be City Winery. Yeah. Yeah. to you know uh the Birchmere over in uh, Arlington Virginia to now but that's the theater so it shows you know the progression and growth and you know the ability to scale as an artist and to know that okay if I can if I can do this then you know there are bigger venues in my future and so uh you know I'm just I'm I'm so excited that we can we get to uh celebrate this moment you know right here right now so this is this this will be a great celebration and we've been working really hard so this is gonna be a really good show
0: oh it's gonna be a great show again it's gonna be at bethesda theater friday november 3rd um, thanks so much. You've been so generous with your time. I mean, final seconds. I have to ask whenever there's like a DC, you know, um, you know, someone that grew up around here, like, are, are you, I assume, or I guess you're, you're, you're a local, you're a fan of all the local teams, right? Like you're a DC football and commanders, Nats and caps, wizards, all that stuff.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, de-
0: definitely. You know, to, by by default. You know by I mean? default. Not- well, I was asking because the the our football team we just traded Chase Young and Montez Sweat today. I don't know how close you follow. There are two big edge rushers, our defensive uh, ends, and they they're they're cleaning house. The new ownership's coming in and cleaning house. Uh, but thankfully, Dan Snyder is gone. So I didn't know if you were like a huge fan yeah. or what. <laughs> If you wanted, to, or if you were more just more focused on the arts, but anyway,
1: I'm, de- I'm, yeah, I'm I'm definitely more focused on the arts. However, you know, my my dad is is really big on the commanders and uh, and all that stuff. So I I definitely live vicariously through him as as it pertains to you know his uh, you know fanatic vibe of of, of sports. And so uh, yeah, you know, I I would say this about the commanders, and, and what I do know is that um you know. Every team has its time, and, and so I'm, I'm so glad that we get the chance to rebuild, you know what I mean, here. So um, I'm excited to see what happens with the commander's future, you know what I mean? I, I feel like we're a ways away as it pertains to the reconstruction of it. But like you said, just the fact that we're able to clean house and, and start with a clean slate um, are all good signs.
0: Hey, I, I mean, we both grew up around here. I'm, I'm from uh, Frederick, Maryland, a little further north than you. You were actually born in the city. But, man, <laughs> speaking of reconstru- – I, I want them to reconstruct uh, a new stadium down right where RFK used to be because that's – you know, when you and I oh, were growing man. up, that was where they played, you know? Yep. The glory days. Man. That feels like forever ago now. but.
1: <laughs> no, I mean, and you're, and you're absolutely right. And it's so crazy. I was just thinking about RFK Stadium and, and Stadium Honorary and – you know, all of those places that, that were near there, it was, it was such a uh, a lively area. And so just to yeah. see, it, you know, just gone.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, they still do wild. like broccoli yeah, city. They do the black broccoli city Fest. They do like stuff in like, you know, the parking lot and the stadium grounds, but the stadium itself, as you know, is it's on its last yeah, it's, legs. That thing's falling down. <laughs> yeah. You know,
1: and, and that's, and that's the thing, of course, like you said, you know, of course, broccoli city, but it's, that that energy is still different. You know what I mean? Yeah. The, the you know, I remember as a kid and going to games and every little kid, the teenagers like literally playing go-go on buckets. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like just the just the the spirit of it and, and what I would, you know, know in the future as, as tailgating. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like just just that spirit. You know what I mean? I don't think any festival or anything on the you know, the parking grounds can really capture that. And so yeah, I definitely missed that for sure. Yeah,
0: well maybe it'll come back one day. Wait, where are you calling us from? Are you still do you are you still around here or do you live elsewhere and you're just coming back to, to our area?
1: I, I live elsewhere. However, I'm I'm in I'm in kind of sort of driving distance, but I okay. should I should be technically taking the train the, the, the train. But <laughs> um I, I literally have rehearsal in uh where was that at? I think somewhere. Not Capitol Heights, Maryland, but like some some somewhere in that area and I drove, you know, and so okay. uh, I'm I'm going back home, which is quite a quite a bit of a trek. Uh but yeah, you know, it's 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 a it's an honor to, you know, really relink up with, you know, local amazing musicians and singers and to put on the show for the city. So uh yeah. This is gonna
0: be fun. Yeah, well, welcome back. We're excited to have you coming back to the area again, everyone. Kevin Ross is gonna be at Bethesda Theater in Bethesda, Maryland, this Friday, November third. Hey, thank you so much for taking so much time with us. I didn't. We, we did a whole chronological, you know, <laughs> journey through your life and career. So there you go. Yeah,
1: absolutely, man. I'm, I'm I'm honored. Thank you once again.
0: All right. Be well. See ya. Yes.